Live. I haven't said that in a while. From Coldback Mountain. It's 2023 second Woke Data Wednesday featuring Matt Muscardi, Lord of Board Saber Metrics. I missed this the ceremony where you got knighted. I did. I was it was beautiful. It was in a field. I don't believe that. No one attended. Not that um. I believe. <laughs> I'm the Duke of Sussex, and today's licorice-stained bag called January 11th, 2023. Random, wokey ESGE headlines that clickbaited me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. That's how we should start the year. And the Lord, that being you, discusses his data empire. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Wait, I do? Yeah, well, don't you kind of a little bit? You give us a peek into the data empire. <laughs> I I hope so. I don't have that much. Okay, uh, let's just do this. But first, today's show is sponsored by S Gauge, your ESG data solutions provider. Actually, we have a, a Paul. Paul's coming by later in the show to grace us with some so of he's his stopping by ESG data. Yeah, let's just say that. Let's say he's stopping by. <laughs> let's pretend he's gonna be in. Even the though studio. actually he lives in Maine, so he could stop by. Yeah, I'll send him a text right How now. How does a British guy end up in Maine? Do we let do we let British immigrants in this country? I thought we had immigrant problems. Oh, well, Prince Harry's here. Is he, he lives here? Oh, that's right. He does. He lives in California. Does he live here? And it's like a, all I hear about is him now anymore. That's like, tell me we're covering Prince Harry saying no, stuff about a family no one cares about. All right. We're, all we're right, not doing do any of those thing. things. Come on. Um... That's not going to do No, that's not good enough. Give me something better. Oh, I like that. All right, let's do this. Okay. I'm just going to let it run. I actually like that music, (laughs) oddly enough. All right, in no particular order, let's start with this one. The headline is Virginia governor says ESG transparency has gone too far. Oh, no. (laughs) This is uh, Glenn... Youngkin, the former co-head of Carlisle Group. So he's in our world. He's in our universe. So we're allowed to talk about Yeah, we knew about him because he was already co-ing. This one's confusing, Matt. I don't understand this. Uh, And the headline is deliciously clickbaity for the ESG world. He says, is having world-class transparency and governance a good thing? Yes, it's a really good thing. That's what he said. (laughs) And then he said, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't know. And then he said, ESG means different things to different people. It just does. Okay, that's true. That's true. That's true. And he says, investment firms are telling companies, if you don't do X, then we're going to penalize you as opposed to just not invest with you. I I, I, I don't. Help me out with this. I I think what he's doing is taking the opposite. I think he's trying to be the anti DeSantis here. I think he's trying not to polarize people, right? He's trying to be the Republican that says, hey, right? I mean, he really, he sounds like us. He's saying it's actually good, and there's different ways to use the data, right? Isn't that? No, is he us? No is he us? Penalizing. There's no penalizing. There's no penal. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about there. I don't know what he means by that. He is right about ESG means different things to different people, though. I like... Yeah, he... Yeah, am I am that, I right, Matt? Fine. Is he is he is he being the anti DeSantis? Is he trying to make Republicans no. seem like no, they're I, not well, idiots? I think he, he is going to have a hard time with this one, right? Because Carlisle Group actually has an ESG division. 
Like they have a sustainability team and they used ESG data, or at least they said they did. In fact, they're one of the leaders in the private equity world Look, Matt, for ESG. So only weirdos at this only weirdos at this point think ESG is something crazy. But he can't go out and say Sorry, ESG Vivek. is a woke mind virus when he was the head he said of the that? group. That's no, not he in this can't. article. That's, no, he that's can't. what DeSantis can't. said, right? That's what DeSantis said, right. But he knows he's got to talk the talking points of anti-ESG. So he's trying to, like, he's being moderate DeSantis, where he's basically yeah, just well, saying, look, we know that governance and transparency is good, but it's just being now taken too far. He's not Look, calling I, it woke. I'm going to be honest. I don't like this guy, Matt, but I'm going to cheer him. Oh, no, he didn't even <laughs> let me cheer him. Because no, I it, cut it off. Because at least this isn't stupid. All right, let's move on. That's yeah. the bar here, Matt. It's not. If it's not, not stupid, stupid, I'm okay with the, it. <laughs> all right, All right, that's, that's where next. we're at. Uh, oh, let's play. Speaking of stupid, let's play a little game. ISS publishes a proxy voting guidelines updates for 2023. First of all, oh. who can believe how much time I spent in this crazy PDF for my ISS? Why? Why did I, I do this to myself? I can. Welcome back. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, I, I I turn this into a game. Here's the game. In honor of our guest next week, Vivek Ramaswamy. I the game is how much would Vivek hate this on a scale of one to ten? And you're gonna like be Vivek. That. You're gonna play Vivek. How much Ooh, would, I have okay. How okay. much are you or he how much is he gonna hate this? Scale of one to ten. Okay, ten being utter my hate. Inner Vivek. And I, I just picked out some highlights. Here we go. Okay. First of all, they this is a new one. They added some non binary language. Okay. And it's not a it's not a huge deal. They're talking about uh, voting against uh, directors when there are no women on the board, but there's a one year grace period if there's at least one director who is disclosed as identifying as non-binary. So I want to know how much would this trigger trigger Vivek just to have ISS talking about non-binary? Oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. Okay, well, that's a problem. Because right? what we've identified is has nothing to do with the board members' abilities. It has everything to do with the way they physically identify. And it diminishes nothing right. to do with excellence capitalism. And I was going to say, yes, yes. In Vivek's world, if you're a woman or non-binary, it diminishes excellence. And I, I'm not saying that as a gag. There's uh, there's actually proof of this later in the show. All yeah, right, so you're I'm saying, saying this is a, that this is a 10. All right, moving on. This is core hate. Uh, oh, this is a good one. ISS will generally vote against directors uh, if the company employs a common stock structure with unequal voting rights. This is big to me because this someone's finally agreeing with us that you should stop the nonsense. Stop, stop the dual class voting nonsense. Stop letting CEOs and founders. It's really good to be eleven years late on this. Like one of the biggest companies in the world. in Facebook slash Meta is the is precipitating this problem. To right? me, this is anti democracy. To have these unequal voting rights is anti democracy, anti America, anti excellence. What would Vivek think about this? I think um, he would he hate this. I think this is a five for Vivek. Okay, because okay? he's right because he's confused. Because a, I think it is, it's a bit confusing. But b, he was a startup founder, regardless of the fact that the startup was something not even remotely related to this. 
Um, so he likes the idea of the founder owning the control. It's private, individual liberties. I should be able to set whatever share Live class for your you die. shouldn't tell Live me. For your die. Yeah, exactly. But he also has now in the investor side has to say it is all about democracy mm-hmm, and exercise mm-hmm. your shareholder vote, vote. the shareholder, shareholder voice. Vote. And, yeah. and, you know, like that means that company can be woke with no strings attached. You have no right. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd be confused. confused. Yeah, I'm going to go with confused. <laughs> okay. uh, this one's a softball. The next one. Uh, if a company considered to be a significant greenhouse gas emitter does not adequately disclose climate risk disclosure information, ISS will generally recommend a vote against blah, blah, blah. I mean, how, come on. This is a softball. Terrible. Bit, Get yeah, this, out. I hate this. This is this I is essentially socialism at work. This is the, the, the woke mind police, right? This you, can't, is, you can't ask companies to take climate risk seriously right you can't Vivek do that just he just launched strives education program i saw the video yesterday in which he said the top five questions you should ask your financial advisor the top five questions no this isn't they didn't qualify this by saying yeah like, they just said these are the top five questions yeah. you should ask number one was did your company do a racial audit uh, you know, Matt, I love this, and you didn't even look at my script. You're actually jumping to my next headline. So let's let's go. Let's just jump. Number ahead. two was carbon emissions. What? All right, go, give me. Let's give me just jump ahead to that, because okay. because we're really sort of on a vivic path right now. We don't have yeah. to. Sorry, ISS. You know, you could have had some more airtime, but you know, if you want more, call us, sponsor us, be a yeah. Come, be a part be of like us, like S Gage. Yeah. yeah, be like S Gage. So let's move on to that actual that that article you're referencing to. This was my next clickbaity uh, choice this week. Uh, it's an article by Vivek called "Are You Investing in Woke Political Activism?" Five questions you need to ask. And Matt, you're right. The first question is: Have I invested in any fund? The first. This is what's. This is what's. <laughs> This is what's alarming to me, and I'm gonna. There's more yeah. of this coming yeah. in the show, and and I and I think we've hinted at this before, but we now have basic proof that the anti-ESG movement is a white supremacist movement. Is it oh, not? It's a it's a ant it's a misogynistic white supremacist movement. Why is it the first question? Have I invested in any funds that voted my shares in favor of a racial equity audit? Why is that the most important thing on his mind? You know what's funny about this, and yeah. I'm going to pre-take a little bit of credit because we're going to do a prediction show, I think, tomorrow and Friday. But one of my predictions from the beginning of 2022 was the rise of the angry white zombie director. And those would be white male directors who refuse to leave due to a push in diversity. They don't want to leave the board and give it up to like a diverse person. They don't want to give up excellence. I'm saying um, this is this would be like racial equity audits. And, Has nothing and to do with like, board diversity. Nothing, Matt. Nothing. All I'm saying is like the 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 you're calling it white supremacist movement. I'm saying like this is the backlash, right? This yes. is part of it. This is part of it. And you know what I've what I've stumbled I'm a man upon? Who is neither white nor supremacist? And here's what. Well, he, he might not be white, but he might be a supremacist. I don't well, you yeah, know. Uh, I mean, I wish don't there forget. was a political litmus test I could do and well, vote on. Don't forget, it was only a few weeks ago, right before I left for my vacation, that Donald Trump Trump met with a, a Latino man who was a white supremacist, Nick Fuentes, yeah, and a black that, yeah. man who was also saying he loves Hitler 
and hates yeah. the Jews. So I mean, you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist anymore. I so well, I guess I guess ESG is also one in a very sad direction. It's well, we brought, it does make me think. It brought diversity to the white supremacist movement. I'm discriminating against possible supremacists. Just <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. But here's what I stumbled upon that I can't believe I was too stupid to realize. Vivek's, um, his whole motto now is America must revive its okay. shared national identity of excellence. Okay? Revive identity, national identity of excellence. Matt, this is just a, a very lazy rephrasing of Donald Trump's white supremacist message, make America great again. Is Can it I not? ask you, when yeah. was America great again? Like what time was it? In the, it was gotta be pre-civil rights movement, no? Has to really? be. Really? That, that. <laughs> when you could go to a water fountain and trust that it was only touched by the beautiful lips of excellence. <laughs> Is that not what we're talking about here? Wait. Revive shared national identity of excellence? This this is I mean this is scary stuff to me. I'm sorry. This is weird stuff. It's weird. I, I want a longer description of the lips of excellence. That's uh, what I, <laughs> I, and I hope Vivek on that. I'm excited to talk to Vivek. I hope he becomes a regular part of the show, but I hope he doesn't just throw talking points at us. I hope he actually gets involved in these stupid conversations we're having. He won't. I know he won't. All right, number let's move on. Next thing that clickbaited me, Matt, basically the mainstream media has stolen us, stolen the way we talk about life. Here's a, really? article, here's a headline from Business Insider. Are they crediting us yet? Never. The House of Representatives, this is the actual headline. The House of Representatives will have more guys named Mike than women chairing committees under the new Republican majority. This is us. Yeah, I mean. That's us. That's how we speak. But no, this we we started this. I'm so sorry. should I be excited because this is the the headline is very reminiscent of things that we say. Like I just want credit for something, John. I want or credit. Or should I be disenchanted by the fact um, that this can't is you a be reality? Both? Why can't you be both? If all, you know what we need a racial equity audit of the committees of the House. No, of we need more friends at places like uh, Bloomberg and. Financial Times. We have and, friends. And they need Bloomberg. to start crediting us for for all the brilliance we have. You don't have any friends at all. So no. that was, yeah, how are we doing that? All right, moving on. Uh, ooh, uh, Kentucky. I call this one <laughs> we boy we we <laughs> already. I don't like this. It's called we boycott your boycott. <laughs> Kentucky threatens to divest from eleven banks over ESG policies. Uh, the treasurer there in Kentucky, Allison Ball, uh, found there to be an active boycott of fossil fuel companies going on from some of the, you know, from some of the banks like BlackRock and J.P. Morgan. Uh, Matt, there's no active boycott of of. Uh, so first of all, J.P. Yeah. Morgan is the li largest financier in the world of oil and gas fossil. But fuel, she right? said there's an active boycott. So here's what I did because I saw yeah. that headline. It was you from did. A couple weeks ago when you were okay. away because oh lazy. well i'm you sorry it was like, it just, just turned up again up. new i don't know that so what i did was i went and i read all of the actual treasurer releases on how that like putting together the list and all that kind of stuff here's the methodology they used mm -hmm. to put together the list of energy boycotters that so they could boycott them right okay um yeah they a 
went to the companies and sent them letters, a sample, a smattering of companies, sent them letters saying, please describe your boycotting. <laughs> yeah, even when, if you don't. When the companies responded, if they yeah. didn't agree and or if the company didn't respond, they went and read their websites. And if they felt like they boycotted, yeah, yeah. they put it, them on the list. I am not kidding when I tell you that was the methodology. There was yeah. zero data in the methodology. This this actually reminds me of uh, uh, the first day of kindergarten when we had our first ESG lesson. This was kind of the how it, how it I went. I remember like that. If you feel, if you feel like it's something, if, yeah, yeah. If, it, if it makes you feel this way, it's good enough. That That's that's. Qual- I mean, quantitative this is data. Real, we are basically yeah. doing feelings-based policy now. That's yeah. what it is. Congratulations. So that's what that was. It was great. Allison, join us on the show. Tell us about your feelings. Yeah, actually, Allison I want to know everything about your feelings. Uh, yeah. Actually, I do. Let's Matt doesn't out. really, but I do. Join us. Let's reach out. That would be great. Here's the next headline. There's a lot. There's a lot here, Matt. Wharton's, uh, you you probably ran across this one. Here's the headline: Wharton's majoring Wharton, the the business school at Penn, Ivy yeah, League Wh- school, Penn. Wharton. Uh, yeah, okay. It's a tough word. It's a tough word. Wharton. <laughs> Wharton's majoring in woke capitalism. Uh, that, that's a, that's the headline. Although it says some are taking an elective in dissent. Let's, let's here here's the the highlights. Uh, Wharton is offering a major in not only ESG, but in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Wow. And of course, the, the author of this article is, is all in a titter because he said that the nation's first business school was founded in 1881 by Joseph Wharton, an industrialist who made a killing in mining and manufacturing the sorts of dirty industries that ESG proponents disfavor. So he's all in a titter about this. Wow. Um, yeah. so I actually, I, I know the professor. Oh at, yeah. At, I quote what, him in this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Whittold. Yes. Um, uh, and I can say that this is actually a major in capitalism. Like he's a very nice man, but he wrote two or three of some of the most excoriating ESG ratings and data papers that I've read. Like okay. he, he, but he's a proponent papers, of stakeholder capitalism. You no? would not think he was a fan of ESG, right? So much as not a fan of ESG. So I that well, feel right. though, doesn't it? Isn't that academics? You're like you're getting underneath the skin of a topic, and you're confused, like Vivek with that uh, previous ISS yeah. mandate. He's con- they're confused. Here, yeah. here, okay. Let's focus on a few. Uh, Why did they ask me to teach this? a class in this? By the way, maybe they will. Um, here's one graduate said: by creating a major in ESG at Wharton, you are helping to legitimize it. That's true. Yeah, good. I, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That quote. It's like, yeah, I've, duh, right? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. What I else? Don't know. You can't. Can't you major in like? Basket weaving, like yeah. I don't know, does that legitimize the thing? Really? Actually, that 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 comes in later. This that, that basket idea. weaving does. Wow, that I'm idea way ahead. comes later. Uh, Wharton's accelerating push into ESG has coincided with the 2020 appointment of Black woman Erica James as dean of the school. So again, 
All How hints, dare she? All hints, really, that the anti-ESG movement is just a white supremacist push. That's all it is. Um, why does why do we yeah. why are we so aggrieved about people basically getting jobs that they deserve? Because why is this is, problematic? Because this is part of a white supremacy movement. One recent Wharton graduate said that indoctrination in ESG subjects is baked into business schools before students even enter them. He said, uh, it starts right in the applications. The top business schools asked, how are you going to change the world? He <laughs> believes such leading questions naturally lend themselves to emphasize the ESG. So he, <laughs> isn't that just bizarre? Because couldn't you change the world for the worse? Or couldn't you uh, make, just make more money? Imagine like, writing on your business school application, I plan on killing Jews. That will change okay, the world. Now, like, okay, ima- yeah, I'm just saying. Why do you right? have to go there? Why do you have well, to go that's there? like imagine that being the business school application. This is not. Th- th- this is how it, triggered like, these people have become, though. Yeah, I mean, just by because you could change the world just by developing a, a, a technology, a 6G technology uh, fused with an AI chatbot, right? That's ESG to them because you changed the world. That. I think they did that oh. already. But can you, can you? Wasn't it the left in America that was supposed to be snowflakes? Like yes. why, like triggerable snowflakes? You say the word change, and they lose their minds. Like I'm the just, graduate. The graduate student added that when major investment banks came to campus to recruit students, the whole Wall Street recruiting process was chock full of DEI stuff. <laughs> DEI stuff. That's the was quote. Was this article one person's opinion? Like one? You know, no, supposedly is it. But according to the author, a lot of the graduates refused to be named because they were afraid of being, uh, you know, being, you know, singled out by the the angry woke mob. Um, Vivek was also interviewed for this article. He said that the inclusion of the ESG DEI major goes hand in glove with affirmative action, which lowers wow. the overall quality wow. of students. Wow. I mean, really, I don't know. Again, like, I don't know why they're beating this drum, but it makes them look foolish. Honestly, it makes them look foolish. I mean, I, I like I, there's something rarely deeply personal about that like that reaction right like why would you why would you think that like why would that be your your lived is i don't wow that's great and finally uh uh just like what your your basket weaving uh reference uh another critic andy puzder former ceo of cke enterprises said I don't think there's anything wrong with majoring in ESG or DEI, but I suspect it will be much like majoring in gender studies. So you see, it's just, it's constant. It is constantly either something about like uh, race or uh, uh, gender uh, I don't know how politics. they turned it into that because ESG, the data sets for e, it's it's like a monstrous <laughs> amount of stuff to choose. It's terrible. It's terrible. really next level. I'm really, yeah. I'm upset. And pleased. And finally, to segue over to to our uh, to Paul Hodgson and Matt Muscardi, who are going to talk about some data. The last thing, yeah, I know. The last thing that clickbaited me was this uh, 2023 ESG data predictions from CSR Hub. Um, th- these are pretty boring predictions. CSR oh, good. Hub. Let's so talk about so them. boring. I'm going to skip over the first two to the last one. Okay. okay. 
And that is, they say, more new tools and data sets. <gasps> they said, in 2023, we expect some new tool ideas. We're, that's, that's us. We're the tools. That's us. We're the tools. Yeah. All right. Come on. What do you got? All right. Let's uh, transition me somehow yeah. to something, doing something. And let's go to... I have a few boomerang stats for you. Okay, this is from where? Where'd you get these stats? Okay, first of all, I got these from our board saber metrics, and there are only a couple here. I just only available here. Only the, available through us. The important thing about mm -hmm. this is, if you're wondering how Vince McMahon yeah. and Bob Iger mm -hmm. can go out, leave their companies, and go into the wide world. And one for sexual harassment, the other one because he's riding a white pony into the distance. And then suddenly return in a tsunami of stupidity to run the yeah. companies again and be a white knight of some kind or a sexual harassing knight, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, if you're wondering how that keeps happening, we actually have statistics to show yes. where that might happen again. Not just anecdotes. I mean, yes, you can anecdotally just explain why Vince McMahon came back, but we actually have the data to prove that uh, there was a power vacuum left in his absence. So here's what I did. I mm -hmm. looked at 250,000 directors. Um, oh, and I, delightful. Uh, in the last five years, and mm -hmm. I identified the ones that were CEOs of the company, mm -hmm. stopped being CEOs, and mm -hmm. there, uh, and found companies where there wasn't a founder or family member on the board, but they right. were. No one's sucking up all the power in their absence. Um, these people tended to have outsized influence. In fact, the average influence was 22% of those people. They're okay. not, these are people who are not the current CEOs, and they own almost a quarter on average of the power of right. the companies where they sit. Okay. The here are some examples because I know you like examples. I do. Everybody likes a good example. How about Dick's Sporting Goods? Oh yeah, yeah. So Ed Stack, right, is the current CEO of, uh, or was the CEO of Dick's Sporting Goods? Recently, now, CEO, yes. Now is sitting on the board, and he has thirty-seven percent of the influence, despite. No, not not being the CEO anymore. He's just sitting on the board, collecting a paycheck. So the minute that Dick's Sporting Goods has a problem, who do you think they're going to call to be the acting CEO? It sounds like Ed Stack is sitting on a red hot boomerang. I, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> He's sitting on a red hot boomerang. That I, that I Potential boomerang CEO, Ed Stack. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Ed Stack. How about Mark Fields? Oh, yeah. Of Hertz Global, the car rental also, company. Also sitting on a red hot boomerang. Or maybe Gary Carano of Caesars Entertainment. Yeah. There. My point here is. Sure. If you're. If you're worried, if you don't like the Vince McMahon thing, mm -hmm. uh, we identified companies where there is a power vacuum on the board that's filled by an ex-CEO or right. by what I'm calling founder rings. 
Ooh, what's that? Founder ring. These are ex-founders. They're founders of the company, not really ex. They're founders of the company sitting on the boards of the company that are no, but they're no longer CEOs. So they're still on the board. They're just waiting. They're still on the board, and there's 416 of them. And and this is out of like 80,000 current directors. Okay. Um, the average influence they have over their companies is mm-hmm. 51%. That's too much influence. Wait, is Je- Jeff Bezos, is he still on the board? He's still on the board. And he's probably the, the, the most 60%. notorious. Yes. The most notorious potential boomerang or founderang CEO has got to be Jeff Bezos because you he know he's coming back. You know he's coming largest, back. Most, yeah. In fact, we just saw a, a headline, an analyst, a Wall Street analyst asked the question, should Jeff Bezos come oh, back because okay. Andy Jassy sucks? I think that yeah. he should come back just to correct your, your pronunciation of his last name, just Ooh, for Jesse. that one reason. A Bezos? It's Bezos. You say bay, I say B, and that's that's your free float board saber metrics stat of the day. If you wonder where the boomerangs are and the founderangs are, we've got them. Look, I I I I, I have to repeat myself. I, I, the reason why I love these this data and these stats that we keep coming up with that's that we own is that it finally we're putting data and stats behind things that were typically anecdotes, typically ESG storytelling. We actually have. The data yeah, now to back real. it up. It's, yeah, real. it's real. Uh before we get out of here, Matt, do you want to let Paul in? Paul, come on in. Sit down and tell us something. We will tell you can tell us something hey, totally uninterrupted. This is Paul Hodgson from S Gage, your ESG data provider, other than us. Hello there. Paul Hodgson with the S Gage Statistic of the Week. This is just a quickie about stock ownership guidelines and retention policies in the S&P 500. So the good news is that 96% of companies have publicly disclosed stock ownership guidelines for their CEO and their other executive officers. And almost two-thirds, in fact, have uh, retention policies in place as well, so that policies would require executives to hold on to those shares. Um, The vast majority measure stock ownership as a multiple of base salary, uh, 93% in fact, so it's a very common way of going about it. And the time period for meeting stock ownership guidelines is typically five years at 69% of the S&P 500, although you know almost a quarter don't actually disclose what the time period is for meeting those guidelines. Now the retention policies that are in place are mostly apply until guidelines are met. So executives have to hold on to the shares until they meet their stock ownership guidelines. That's 70%. Um, There's a further 26% have retention policies in place uh, for the period where guidelines are not met or not met in time. So again, it's a very similar situation to, to until guidelines are met. So that's the vast majority there. Now, while it's great, in fact, it's commendable that so many companies have stock ownership guidelines for their CEOs and other NEOs, they're really only commendable if they're actually meaningful. So next week, I'm going to look at what those stock ownership guidelines actually are as a multiple of base salary. So this is Paul Hodgson signing off with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. Thank you, Paul. I like how he just comes in, comes in the studio, talks, he doesn't say hi, 
He just leaves. He never sticks around to talk, to have conversation. Honestly, he's very it's serious. A, very it's serious. Ideal. He gets down to business and he gets the hell out. I like it. I like it's it. the way business should be done. Just like we do business here at Free Float. That's Damian Rallis. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are our Free Float. We invented Board Saber Metrics. It came from our brains, and you <laughs> should buy it because mm-hmm. it's good. So do that. Otherwise, we have Vivek next week, but tomorrow and Friday? Are we doing two days? What? Why? Predictions. Two days? 2023 predictions. Two days of it? I don't know. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Jesse wants to do two days, I think. That's a terrible idea. We'll blame the money whisperer. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow and Friday. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.